Welcome to Tech Talk. Bye. CDT. Welcome to CDT's Tech Talk, where we dish on tech and internet policy while also explaining what these policies mean to our daily lives. I'm Brian Wazalowski, and it's time to talk tech. At this year's Tech Prom, CDT is presenting a Digital Visionary Award to Teen Vogue. Why Teen Vogue, you may ask? If you haven't read a copy or visited the website recently, you should, and then you'll certainly know why. We are honoring Teen Vogue for being a strong, fresh voice for democracy, diversity, and civic engagement. We are recognizing them for their role in helping energize a new generation of globally focused, human rights-minded leaders, and we're celebrating them as a pillar of free speech online. And they use a wide array of digital platforms, including Facebook Live, to reach their readers. They are awesome. <laughs> I'm thrilled to welcome Teens Vogue Digital Editorial Director Phil Picardi and Creative Director Marie Suter to Tech Talk. They'll be accepting the Digital Visionary Award tonight. Welcome to Washington. I know you're loving it already. Welcome, Phil and Marie, and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're so excited to be here. So how does it feel to be Digital Visionary recipients? This is such an honor for us. I mean, it has been such a journey to oversee the transformation and the evolution of Teen Vogue and to be acknowledged for it, especially uh, by you guys, you know, in a tech community, uh, it feels really new and fresh and fun for us. So we're really, uh, we're really excited to be in DC. Uh, we're really excited to party, um, yeah. but also we're, we're very grateful that you guys have acknowledged and have been recognizing our work. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about, you know, kind of the transformation of Teen Vogue. I mean, most people would know you as straight up just fashion and beauty, and you've expanded that to include cultural and political things. Why the, I guess a lot of people would say shift, but more expansion of your coverage? Well, thank you for clarifying shift from expansion. That's very uh, thoughtful of you. We... So Teen Vogue has, I guess, traditionally been, as you said, a fashion and beauty title and a fashion and beauty publication. Uh, obviously, it was started by Anna Wintour back in the day, <laughs> uh, 14 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. It's 14 years. Um, and so ultimately, I, I was an assistant at Teen Vogue. I was a digital editor at Teen Vogue, and I left. And I went to Refinery29. And not even seven months into my job there, the editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue at the time, Amy Astley, called me and, and basically said, I think I've let you cook long enough, it's time to come home. And so <laughs> I came home and um, I got to uh, basically be leading the website as the digital editorial director. The question was, how do you grow the website? So at that time, it was around 2 million unique visitors. They were pretty much exclusively covering fashion, beauty, and entertainment. And so when you are looking at a product and how to grow it, obviously you're looking at new opportunity for the white space, for how mm -hmm. you grow. And so for me, I saw clear white space in the wellness arena, which meant sexual health, uh, reproductive rights, mental health and nutrition, things that, FYI, teenage teenagers and teenage girls in particular are going through on a daily basis and need our help and guidance with, and also politics and the news cycle. So I saw a lot of young people very engaged with the Black Lives Matter movement. And in fact, when I first started, uh, the Freddie Gray case was happening in Baltimore. And so we kind of jumped into that and we tried it. Um, to be honest, this was a slow build for us. Uh, it was not an instant or overnight success. I hired a, a politics editor, a news editor at the time, who was from the Wall Street Journal, and she would come into my office often to say, this is so frustrating because Kylie Jenner can cut her hair and it will be, you know, 100,000 people will come to the story. But I write about Freddie Gray and like 500 people come to the story. Why is this happening? And this doesn't feel right to me. I think that we should shift our strategy. 
but I said no. <laughs> so, you know, I was very stubborn about it because I think for our audience, what we knew and what we knew to be true was that you have to build it and then they will come, right? You have to really prove that you're putting your stake in the ground. Two years later, teenvogue.com has grown almost 250% from 2 million unique visitors to 10.7 as of, as of March. And um, we are really excited about that growth, but we're even more excited that that growth has come from areas where people did not think that we would ever enter from content that we w- people thought we would never produce. Well, I'm reading here uh, from your great PR folks that politics is right now, or the, for the past three months, has beaten entertainment in terms of verticals that you're on Team Vogue. Yes, that's correct. So Impressive. It used to be like <laughs> Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez, The Weeknd, whatever happened in celebrity land dominated um, the traffic. And our entertainment editor, you know, uh, who's been so, she's been great because she's very pleased to be usurped by our politics team as, as they have, um, as they've kind of claimed the throne for now. Um, but, you know, we are at a fever pitch of political interest right now, and we're hoping that that is, you know, maintained. We're hoping that young people stay civically engaged. And I'm looking at our Facebook Live audience now <laughs> um, because it's really important that we don't keep our, we don't like take our eye off the ball here. Marie, how has this affected your work, too, as creative creative director? I mean, obviously, this is a new type of work that you need to do, and your work has been beautiful online. I've seen some of the videos, some of the, the shoots that you've been creative directing. Tell us a little bit how you're, you're conveying the, the modern teen and well, doing so in this political world. <laughs> I think what's interesting is um, Teen Vogue was always a great fashion place and a great photography, and as a magazine, uh, really recognized. Um, and I have to say, even myself, when Phil started and started to, you know, do certain stories online, launching wellness, I was like, wait, like, that's <laughs> not Vogue. We're about, like, pretty girl in Capri wearing a dress and being happy. And we're about, like, you know. Um, and I think the best part of it all, and the part that aligned a little bit, is when I started, which was about five or six years ago, just, and the website was very small, just the magazine. Um, I wanted to bring back an honesty and a realness to the girl. So, and it's purely visual, but like the little stuff that I did was turn down the makeup. Let's not, let's show the girls out there or, and like, you know, more honest photography and stuff like that. And uh, the best thing I think that happened with all of this, besides the growth and the engagement is actually um, talking the, to the girls directly. And there's not a, the best story of it all is the the next generation is so interesting and they're so interested and they love like so many different things. So it opened for me a whole other area uh, to work with, uh, not only in a medium way with like, you know, video and not just like print photos, but um, really entering new world and treating fashion differently and um, yeah, doing a, just a job that matters a little more. That's fantastic. And this is a question for both of you, maybe you can answer it. What are some of the, the pieces that you've been, the articles or the shoots that you've been most proud of? Um, for me, there's a few. Uh, purely um, digitally, um, I think really the Ask uh, um, a Native American Girl was, oh, that was gorgeous. the first one where... Um, because Phil has always had amazing article, but I think it's the moment where actually my team and what we do help improve it and um, switch everyone's minds as well on what can be done and it can be beautiful and see the girl being happy and see um, all that. And that came as well after a story that we actually had done 
um, in book and online that did really well that was cultural appreciation uh, which was a really really interesting story and I loved how it worked on a lot of different areas um, I love how we were you know, a designer clothes and mm -hmm. a real girl that was a Native American talking about her culture and photographically it was interesting, video was interesting, it, it was I think one of the first one that trended on Twitter if I'm mm -hmm. correct uh, and that was just like, so all those stories are really moment that um, that mattered to me and that I'm kind of proud yeah. of. And I, I saw that online, everyone should check it out at teenvogue.com um, and it goes great with the article you're doing on Andrew Jackson uh, that just <laughs> launched a couple of days. I saw it was paired with that and I'm like, that, that's, that's fantastic, a good pairing, but yeah. Phil. I would have to say, I think one of the coolest things about the collaboration between Marie's team and the digital team has been that Marie is, her legacy and her roots are in, are in obviously magazine media, right? And so Marie has contacts and the ability to call upon the industry's best photographers, hairstylists, makeup artists, and invite them to a set where all of a sudden it's like, it's about real girls, it's about Native American girls, this story is about cultural appropriation, we're gonna educate you about what appropriation means and representation, and this is why we're here and has really rallied her whole sector of the industry, of the fashion industry, to pay attention to the deeper meanings behind the shoots that we're doing. And that has created a real ripple effect within you know, the creative and the fashion industry that, that she kind of navigates. Um, and that's been incredible because it's easy to do these stories, especially as a digital property. It's way easier for the digital property to be more progressive and more outlandish with the kinds of content we cover than the print product. But Marie helped bring it, uh, and obviously in, in her collaboration with Elaine, our print editor, helped really bring it full circle, which was which was great. Um, but anyways, I, there are so many things that, that we are so proud of, and the Native American Girl is also a highlight for me, but our wellness editor last year launched a, a series called Not Your Fault, mm -hmm. and it was in April, because April is National Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And so we had a video series called Guys Read, which was just nominated for an ASME award. Uh, ASME is the American Society of Magazine Editors, thank you. Um, where we invited men to read stories that were written by sexual assault survivors about their assaults. And um, basically these two men sit down, they listen to each other, they listen to the stories, and then they reflect together about what they just read. And in uh, the last video, one of the readers realizes that he was reading the story of the man he's sitting across from, and it was a man who was sexually assaulted. Wow. So this story, you know, this video series, I, I don't want to say fully encompassed, but the closest that we really could have come to uh, acknowledging all different gender identities, sexual orientations, and you know walks of life, uh, it was a really moving and really powerful series. And this year, Joe Biden, um, <laughs> actually, his people reached out to our wellness editor and said, we would love for Joe to chat with you because of your work in the sexual assault space, and we particularly want you to interview him. And so that interview just went live on the site um, this week, and uh, it it has to be a highlight of Teen Vogue history. It is uh, an amazing piece. That's great, that's really amazing. Uh, let's talk a little bit, you, you raised this a bit, but Teen Vogue has shifted a bit from being, you know, the 10 print issues a year to four, and then you have, I think, 15 digital platforms and a video channel. Why'd you make that move, and, and how's that going for you? Um, I mean, I think the whole shift came from what was happening online. What do you make? How do you make the magazine and the print feel special? How do you make, you know, digital feel special? Um, where we wanted to 
you know, really create special issues that are different format and keepsake and really have the time to tell all the story we want to tell in a bigger way uh, online. That goes with, you know, uh, staff, budgets and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that really came from Phil, Elaine and myself discussing it and we all felt very strongly about it. I think it really makes sense. I think it couldn't really have happened before. Mm -hmm. um, what Phil was saying even about, sorry, my side of the industry and the photographers and the stylists, now they want to work for online. Now they're the one calling. We would have done that a year ago. <laughs> um, for me, it wouldn't have been as interesting, uh, oh, interesting. And I wouldn't have been able to tell as much all those stories. Um, and there is something about print and it's something about having a, you know, more of a keepsake magazine, which a lot of print editions are saying, but when you're doing a four years and it's and the volume and they sold out completely differently than the magazine mm -hmm. are usually, yeah, you don't have like a trend page or stuff <laughs> that don't matter. It's, it's, you know, it has shifted as well with what as Phil has brought up to online was brought into print. Um, so I think it's to get the best of both worlds and to do the job well. That's great. And I would just add that because of the, you know, when Lauren's piece went viral, Lauren Duca, if you don't know of her background, wrote an op-ed called Donald Trump is Gaslighting America. Dan Rather shared it. She was on CNN, MSNBC, um, and, you know, she's, she's an incredible writer. We noticed our consumer marketing department emailing us saying, what happened, you guys? The print subscriptions are going through the roof. Right. People were going to our website and subscribing to the magazine. Teen Vogue is still recognized as a magazine, and so in order to show support, they, you know, we found that our audience and mothers and teachers and even people on Twitter who were saying the first 10 teenagers to like my tweet, I'm going to buy them a subscription to Teen Vogue. All of these people were coming out of the woodwork to show support awesome. for good journalism, and they wanted to do so by subscribing to our magazine. Um, and it's a really, really special product, and it's also bigger now. So we were like a kind of a pocket-sized digest before, uh, and it was really cute. But then, you know, Elaine, our print editor, always likes to say we grew up literally by you know <laughs> expanding the the height of of the magazine too. So it stands out more at newsstands, and we do three covers. Um, we did three covers for Volume One, and it, and it feels really special and dynamic. We're going to have to get everyone at CDT a subscription to Teen Vogue. Yes, that, that would be like a good a great thing, idea. right? I think yes. we've learned a lot here. <laughs> so, you know, obviously CDT, different to your audience than usual. You know, we're a group of folks that advocate for digital rights. Um, tonight, when you receive your Digital Visionary Award, you're going to be in front of tech companies, policymakers, politicians, all working on tech and internet issues. If they could you know one thing about your readers, what should they know? What should they take away from tonight? They should know that young women deeply care about technology and that they deserve to be invited to the table about technology. And we read a lot of stories and our audience is exposed to a lot of stories about uh, gender disparity in Silicon Valley and also gender pay inequality. And that can be disheartening. But we also know that young women are succeeding in college at higher rates right now. Um, and they're very qualified employees. And they're going to be also very vocal employees and a very vocal generation. Um, and so we're really excited to see how women are going to transform the technology industry. And uh, through you know various initiatives that we have going on this year with Technovation, with Made with Code, uh, with you know with the Worldwide Developers Conference that Apple's doing, we're really hoping that our readers can see us um, as a space for uh, for women in STEM and for getting more involved in technology. Um, but we do need the tech industry also to to meet us halfway and show show us that they're showing up for women too. 
Great. That's wonderful. Okay. So last question, uh, then we'll stop our podcast here. Uh, tonight I have to be on stage with you. We have a lot of staff that are very nervous because Teen Vogue, fashionable, it still is your brand. <laughs> oh, no. Any any tips? that what, what should I wear? What should our team wear so that you don't upstage us too much? Marie, help me out. I'll be judging. <laughs> <laughs> you seem too nice to do that. <laughs> um, there we go. That's a great Always. one. She, she never says that to me. Oh, obviously <laughs> not. Oh, there we go. There we go. Well, Marie and Phil from Team Vogue, thank you so much for joining us thank on you. Tech Talk. And thank congratulations you. again on being our digital visionary honorees. And I will see you tonight. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much. That's it for this episode of Tech Talk. If you weren't able to make it to Tech Prom this year, be sure to visit cdt.org to see some of the photos and watch the video from the event, including remarks from our president, Nulo O'Connor, and a great chat with the Teen Vogue honorees you just heard from on this podcast. Finally, a special thank you to all who did attend Tech Prom, and thank you to all our sponsors. I'm Brian Wazalowski. Thanks so much for listening.